0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Bigger on the Inside, the new Who Doctor Who Watch On podcast. First of all, let me apologise if this first little clip of audio isn't as um, high quality as it normally would be. It'd be all back to normal in about 20 seconds. I'm just here to introduce you to Jolie Coop, who I did an interview with. He is a freelance videographer and has worked um, quite a lot with Big Finish, and very recently with Christopher Eccleston ahead of his Knife Doctor audio adventures. So stick around for us to talk about that, and I'll catch you at the end. I'll see you in a bit. So I think the best way to start would be if you could explain to the listeners what your job title or job role actually is, because when we spoke on Twitter, I, I loved it, but I was also couldn't fully grasp every single thing you did. So for everybody listening, how would you describe
1: your role? Um, well, I suppose I'm, I'm a f- freelance videographer. That's my main role. Um, so basically, I work with Big Finish Productions. Um, we've worked together a few times over the last, I suppose it's a year and a half now. Mm. And whenever they have produced um, a promo video or interviews, which is live action, I have been responsible for that.
0: Yeah, so cool. How does that come around then? Were you spotted by Big Finish or did they have a, a role available
1: that you applied for? Um, it wasn't a s- application as such. I sort of got in touch with the marketing team um, not long. Well, I, sp- I came along at the right time. They, well, they were looking for someone like me, yeah. and I happened to be talking with them uh, around the same time. And then um, a project came up not long after that, which was the Atta Girl 2 promo video. Mm. Um, so that was my first one to film. Uh, I went along to the studio and they obviously liked what I could produce and well I was invited back to do a second one before the first one was released because article 2 was my second video out I think there was another one before that which was a Sylvester and Sophie Q&A yeah seventh doctor and ace
0: yeah I want to get to that video later on because I've got some questions about hanging around with Sylvester that I'm sure you'll be able to um endorse me with um you said there that yeah. you sort of approached them. So you, were you already aware of what they were doing? Were you a fan of the audio adventures?
1: Yeah. Um, I've been a Doctor Who fan for, oh, I don't know, so many years now. I think it was 2007. I think my first series was, you know, uh, the 10th Doctor and Martha. Yeah. But I first heard a big finish around the 50th anniversary. Mm. It, it was the, the light at the end, the... The promo for that was quite prominent relatively like on, on Twitter and things, so I came across that, and that was one of my first purchases. yeah um, and then so and then I Oof. slowly built up my collection over the years, and then it, it got to the point where I thought, i think i i I'm, I'm, I'm good enough to <laughs> yeah. put my name out there to them, and it turned out to have paid off.
0: Nice one, yeah. I, I, obviously, we've been talking on Twitter, and I did go back and I watched um, your interviews and stuff. And there's how yeah. does how, what is the process behind one of those? Because are you just in charge of the setup, or are you asking the questions as well? Uh,
1: well it, it does depend on individual projects. So, if it's if it's one where there's just one person talking slightly off camera, yeah, I will usually be allowed to initially lead the interview so I'll come up with my own questions because I that's the experience I did bring to the role um, so a good example of that would be uh, Raki Thakra the Bliss interview that was kind of recent so I initially asked the first lot of questions but then usually the producer of the series will be there with me and if there's anything they think I've missed or anything interesting that they know about the series I don't yeah. then they will jump in with their own questions at the end
0: yeah, I suppose it's quite hard then not to sort of, not to say that you would fanboy, but uh, to go, ask all the questions you want to ask and then as a producer on the side. You haven't actually asked anything that we
1: that we can use properly. <laughs> um, yeah, how much... I suppose that Sorry, was probably a worry on their part. Yeah. <laughs> that was probably a worry on their part, that when they first allowed this uh, fan <laughs> into the studio <laughs> that I, I could have just gone crazy. and uh, But yeah. I managed to maintain my composure. Yeah. We've spoken to
0: a few people from who've worked with Big Finish, and they always say that it's there's quite a lot of people working there, but it's very tight knit, and it does feel very family orientated. And once you're in that sort of Big Finish circle, you're you know it's a very loyal sort of group of people. You're not gonna, you know, you know what I'm trying to say. You don't feel like you're gonna get swapped out very often, or
1: Um, yeah, uh, that's that's probably how it does feel. Like there is a lot of time in each recording, to, to sit in the green room mm. and chat. Even when it's a big production, odds are not everyone is recording at the same time, so there's always two or three actors. Yeah. Uh, and the producer y- You will usually be around as well. So there's always just chatting going on throughout the day. So it, it really does feel like a nice family when you are there.
0: Yeah. yeah. How much of these projects do you know about whilst you're interviewing people? Because I imagine sometimes they've just come out of a recording studio and it isn't properly edited. You, you've just interviewed them whilst they're, in, whilst they're at the location. So how does that work for you?
1: Yeah, so, so sometimes I'll... Um, well, if it's an established series, the, it's probably assumed that I know enough to go in without any prep. Yeah. Like um, any Doctor Who ones, really. I did the promo video for The Human Frontier, the uh, Nick Briggs original Mm. idea, and that's obviously totally new. So for that one, I was given the script for the whole series, and I read through the whole thing. And Normally, I don't like reading that much. (laughs) That's why audio stories appeal to me. I I struggle to sit down and read. But this, I I literally couldn't put it down, so I just made notes for the characters. For when I'd met the actors, I'd be able to Mm. ask them questions about their characters, and nick himself but usually i don't know too much other than what came before that yeah for like a doctor who series i would know what's happened until that point so i come up with questions based on that really
0: yeah when is um nick briggs's new um sci-fi thing when's that coming out because i keep seeing it circulating
1: online is it already out now or the the first series uh it came out last august i think yeah. it was and there will be a second series later this year, I think it's yeah. scheduled for, unless it got delayed for COVID. Oh, I can't keep track anymore. anyone. It? Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think it's coming out this year, the second series. But the first series is out and really good.
0: Yeah. Um, you touched on it earlier. You mentioned your interview with Sophie and Sylvester. I've met Sylvester once or twice, and every time I've met him, he's just been <laughs> exactly how you would expect with the spoons and the hat. He's a great guy. How is it then... <laughs> but that was at, like you know, just little interviews and things like that. How is that in, like, a professional capacity when you're trying to conduct interviews and stuff? I imagine he's just amazing fun.
1: Yes, he was quite a lot of energy. Um, And also, I was there for the recording of, it was the Flying Dutchman in the Monthly Range. So that that was quite a high-energy pirate-based story. So he had a lot of energy and had some, I think, some cool anecdotes about the origin of the, the... accents that the pirates use as well oh, nice. and he did have his spoons for that i'm not sure if he knew about the video and that's why he, bu- he bought them or not but he did uh he had some, some spoons in the <laughs> studio so he is exactly as you would expect i'd say
0: oh, that's great and going from sylvester you've recently been hang- and i've got to ask you've recently been hanging around in the studio with christopher eccleston i'm right with that are Yes. That's and right. I'm not going to push you on story things or anything you might have heard because <laughs> it's so tempting that I've got goosebumps even thinking about what I could push you to answer. But all I will answer is you've already said you're a Doctor Who fan, and I know a few fans would probably give an awful lot <laughs> to be hanging around in that studio. Yes. There must be a huge <laughs> sense of privilege and excitement when you're sat there and you can. Can you hear him when he's doing his lines, or can you just see him
1: from yes, a different room? Yes, I, I, heard, I heard the recording. And it was incredibly exciting, probably the most exciting day I've had for that reason. Because when you meet Sylvester McCoy, you know a lot of fans have Mm. uh, people like him and Paul, but not many fans have met Chris. Yeah. Uh, So it was uh, very exciting because of that, and it was also the most. I was also the most nervous before that day as well, because he hasn't played the role for sixteen years, and in that time there's been. A lot of rumor as to why that might be, mm. and not all of them make him look good. So yeah. there was a worry, like maybe maybe he's not. It would be quite scary to meet in person. So he was actually so friendly, and <laughs> that that's probably what surprised me the most. Yeah. Um, because I, I I was started shooting uh, the B roll and shots before I had a chance to meet him because he was already in the recording thing. So the first thing I said to him was, "Sorry, do you mind if I if I'm f- filming this? Because I was shooting him through the glass, uh, so he couldn't object at the time." And he was like, "Oh yeah, no, absolutely, please go ahead." And he was overwhelmingly friendly; I couldn't believe it.
0: Yeah, I recently read his interview with the Dot Two magazine talking about returning to Big Finish, and he generally just just seemed like because I think he has an an image of people have an image of him that he's this tough northern guy, no bullshit sort of. I'll do what I want sort of thing. But from a reading interviews, and if you actually read the stuff he says rather than secondhand report and talk to yourself, he you just mm. generally just seemed like a lovely guy and he has time in the world for everything and he's just very dedicated to his work.
1: Yeah, that's him. So friendly. Uh, I mean, the the, the tough edge, w- w- you can definitely tell it's there. Uh, he, the Ninth Doctor is there within him. Um, but he, yes, so nice to be with. I couldn't <laughs> believe it.
0: So when, when do you think people will be able to see that footage that you filmed?
1: Um, w- w- whenever I do a video, it usually coincides with the release of the series. Mm. So uh, his, the Ravagers 1 is coming out in uh, uh, May, I think. So yeah. that is when that video will be out. Okay. I'm not sure if it's coming out on the day of release or if it's going to be a few days before, but it will be alongside the first volume.
0: Yeah. And is that B-roll plus interview stuff that you get to shoot as well?
1: Um, for that video, it will just be the, the uh, Chris talking all the way through, I think. Okay. Um, there, there was some people shot which might be used for something else. Oh, I won't. But, uh, don't do uh, yeah. it, Joe. I've just got but, so uh... many questions now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll, yeah. I'll but ask... the, the, the May video will just be Chris.
0: Yeah. yeah, for anybody who wants to get into this line of work as a free, I'm, well, I don't know if you know, I work as a freelance photographer as well. So it can be sometimes mm. getting those contacts can be tricky. Um, for people who want to enter that sphere of work, what advice would you give for them?
1: Well, probably my, my main advice is probably to be brave, and cause th- that's what I did. I I put my name, I got in touch first. You have to willing to get in touch with people that you want to work with yeah uh just send an email to someone yeah (laughs) and if it doesn't work out you you can't take that personally it it, they probably already have someone you just have to move on to the next don't let it put you down yeah i always find
0: that a lot of people maybe find uh, sorry are waiting to be found you know they're sort of waiting for someone to approach them but you've really got to start yeah. by emailing around and just being basically yeah.
1: a pest um, <laughs> especially in the the doctor who world there is uh, on twitter you see there are so many talented doctor who fans and uh, so many uh, you know fan films and mm. their own audio things and yeah every every doctor who fan i think has got that sort of it seems a, cr- a creative flair somewhere because of the show yeah there's a lot of
0: people out there with the mm. biggest portfolios, <laughs> and in in about five yeah. years, we're all, there's going to be a lot of clashing heads.
1: <laughs> yeah, and fan cover arts are one of my favourite things, uh, yeah, that's great. especially for stories I don't already have one. Uh, those sort of things are always amazing to
0: yeah. see. Do you get approached a lot by fans then to sort of go, oh, "Have you seen this work?" Or because not to sound horrible, or you know, it wasn't until this Christopher Eccleston thing came around that I saw your tweet and I i was like no, oh, cool. yeah
1: I've, I've normally found that N- not many people seem to know that i am involved with big finish mm. um like certainly my f- friends are but i think the the average person on twitter definitely not i don't think um so every now and then there will be someone that's following me for a little while and go oh i didn't know that you um did this and yeah. that's it's half of what I tweet about really so I'm, <laughs> so I'm not sure why but so I'm not sure how I can uh fix that but
0: uh I'll make sure yeah. I link so all your uh, social media stuff in the bottom because people have to go follow <laughs> because you know when I saw that picture I was like oh I've got to get Joe on we've got to got to get him on There's so many questions <laughs> instantly <laughs> yeah. um so one thing that sort of came up throughout the last 12 months that I think a lot of people caught attention of was the big Finnish lockdown. Uh, video with Nick Briggs and everybody sort of working from home. How was that and what was your involvement working working within that?
1: Yeah, so that one sort of came about quite early on in the lockdown. Um, mm. I think it was before they'd released any of their lockdown stories and obviously therefore fans hadn't heard the quality of the recording at that point. So they wanted a way to reassure the people that were saying it's not going to be as good. So I was on a Zoom call during one of the recordings. It was for the, uh, the Doomsday Contract that oh. came out sort of recently, The Fourth Doctor Lost Story. So for that, I did get to interview Lala Ward, which was quite nice. She yeah. was lovely. But in um, Singapore, I think it was, <laughs> remotely. Uh, so people like her and Chris Naylor, I think, was also there. Uh, I would ask them the questions in the normal fashion as if I was there in person. Mm. But then there was people that I did just send a message to and say, do you want to be involved in this video? And they sort of knew what to... They asked their own questions, basically. That was people like Scott Hancock, um, uh, Benji Clifford. They sent in their own video contributions without much direction from me. Yeah. Um, And then I went through all the footage and chose a narrative order for it. So you can see it goes from the... The initial problems to,
0: yeah,
1: how it, yeah, how they miss the studio and things like that.
0: How's it been then for you working through lockdown though? Because as somebody who would normally be in the studio, <clears throat> they're no longer in the studio. So how, yeah. must have been tricky.
1: <laughs> well, initially it was. I still had a, a steady stream of work with Big Finish because there was the a backlog of videos that was filmed before I joined. But for hmm. series that were about to be released, like um, the first Doctor interviews with um... David Bradley. Oh, D- David Bradley, of course. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, those kind. So that came out last year, but it was filmed before I joined. So I was given that interview and just edited it as if I'd filmed it. Okay. There was quite a few of those. the The, the Patinaux Gangs another, and Star Cups, um, and then I also was involved in the Big Finish Virtual Day. Mm. but that uh, that was mostly again just editing footage that was given to me it wasn't until uh, the Chris Eccleston that I was back in the studio for the first time that's a daunting uh, way to return yes yeah, so it was <laughs> yes very uh, and it, it was about exactly a year I think from the last time I had been in the studio so it was yeah.
0: mm. everything's slowly coming back to normal yeah. so hopefully we'll get a few more um, yeah. in studio stuff it must be nice though being back in the studio because yeah. I imagine that's where it's almost like the home, really, of Big Well, it is the home of Big Finish, so...
1: Yeah, and it, it's not the same as it was because there's only the the people that does have to be there that can't do it remotely. So uh, the, the director was remote, for mm. example, and producer, so I, I didn't exactly get a, a big reunion. I just turned up with my camera and filmed Chris, who was one of about three people. Yeah, who was there that day so it's not exactly the same but it was still very nice being back yeah. you know, in the actual studio
0: how many people are normally there then before you know before Covid what would not a normal studio be well, like
1: um, for a shoot I'd probably I think maybe 10 people being there is probably a good figure because you've got a director producer uh, um, and then the handful of cast uh, the sound engineer as well yeah so it it does get quite uh, busy in the green room. Yeah. There's, there's a, it's a lot of chatting.
0: We spoke with um, Miranda Raisin from some of the six Doctor uh, uh, Big yeah. Finish way. She mentioned that one of her favourite things is that I can't remember the name of me, but someone will bring in like their homemade curries and their homemade their homemade food, and basically everybody will dish in. And so it really does have that sort of like just a really lovely family vibe, and I think that does come across.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, especially at the 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 Moat Studios, which I think I've seen pictures of Miranda recording there. So that's probably what she's talking about. It's yeah, the the owner Toby. He's the, mm. the one responsible for the famous big Finnish lunches, <laughs> and he he I don't know if he prepares it beforehand. I, I assume he does. And so at lunchtime, he takes his break from recording to do the, the the final prep of his lunch, and then brings it out for all the cast. It, it, it's Not what I expected at all
0: And there you have it That was my little chat there with Joe Who is a freelance videographer for Big Finish Um, Really interesting stuff there A lot of fun behind the scenes Big Finish stuff Um, For those interested We will be talking about those Knife Doctor Audio Adventures when they do release We're not sure how we're going to format that yet But um, it will be great fun So make sure you head over to the Big Finish website And pre-order yours This video isn't sponsored by the way Uh, but yeah go check it out check out our other interviews that we've done again apologies for this weird audio that's back ending the episode um, but I'm sure you understand all the best subscribe